Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do this year's edition of the Best and Worst uh, for 2019. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, I've been looking forward to doing this for a while. You only get to do this once a year, so we'll make the most of it, of course. Um, yeah, if you're not familiar, last year we did a similar version, but I'm changing things a little bit more, adding a few more things. Uh, of course, because we didn't actually do any like worst choices, we just did... Uh, a simple list of you know best TV shows, games, and films, uh, and this year we do we're here to do that, but uh, some other things as well. Um, I think we should just jump straight into things because uh, yeah, I don't think there's any need for too much pre-talk. Uh, I'm going to start with my uh, the, the mini categories I sort of wrote down. Now these have got either one or two choices, so it's not like a top five worst this or that. It's just um, well, I'll explain it as I go through. Okay. Uh, so, first up, we have Most Disappointing TV Show of the Year. This might be a little bit of a surprising choice, considering, whatever, uh, for Riverdale. Uh, <laughs> and the reason I've chosen that is, when you look at what happened to Riverdale, right, the first season, it was this, what, 13-episode, um, like, uh, m- murder mystery kind of thing, like, who killed Jason and yeah. whatnot was the plot. Really tight, consistent, uh, well, mostly consistent, you know. Uh, 13 episode season it pretty much got uh, liked by most people that watched it uh, second season went to 22 episodes that's your first mistake yep uh, and then in the second half it just in the second half of season two of Riverdale that's where it started to fall off but was still watchable and good I suppose and then season I... three started uh, and then uh Pretty much as soon as they, because I'm kind of counting the second half of season three as being, well, it was this year, wasn't it? Um, as soon as they introduced that Griffins and Gargoyles plot, the whole thing's gone out the window uh, to me. That was the point where I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore sort of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, basically what I've done ever since is uh, there's this guy on YouTube called Alex Myers. You can go and check him out. He's done a bunch of different stuff. Uh, and every sort of like once a month or once every couple of weeks, he catches up with what's been happening in Riverdale so basically every sort of like once a month I watch a 10 minute video on Riverdale and he goes through just the absurd ridiculousness that is Riverdale Um, and just to give you a bit of a point of reference as well so the first season you've got this cool interesting 13 episode murder mystery there's part of a plot in season 4 which is the current season and someone's got a rocket ship so (laughs) that tells you a bit of what really yeah yeah uh, I don't know like the the full context, but that is a thing that uh, happens. So, yeah, bit of a change, I oh, think. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, most disappointing TV show of the year is Riverdale, just because of how much it's completely fallen off. I think um, from where it started to again, just yeah. the massive change I've just described. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it lost it lost me. It's exactly the same point. The uh, goblins and gargoyles, or whatever it was. That that's griffins and gargoyles isn't it or whatever it is whatever whatever that is uh, yeah that was the point where it lost me completely as well i was like there was too many other things on at the time Mm -hmm. if i'm going to drop something it's going to be that it was just starting to feel like trudging through mud and i was like no i'm not doing this anymore Mm. yeah so um there we go uh what have we got next uh worst games of the year um or like most disappointing games uh anthem I've got as one of them. I've got two choices here. They're kind of, I guess, equal in a way. Uh, the other one is Fallout First. Now, I know that Fallout First isn't a video game, but basically the entirety of Fallout 76 and almost Bethesda at this point is just a big mess right mm. now. 
So, um, I mean, I've been catching some of uh, Jim Sterling's videos lately, and it just seems like problem after problem after problem for uh, Fallout 76. And to when, when you are a Bethesda and you'll say, hey, you know, we've got this game that doesn't really work, and we're going to introduce a subscription model that's $100 a year, that's just a no-go. Um, yeah. you, 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 or it, or $13 a month, whatever, <laughs> none of that's justified anyway, but, uh, yeah, I've put those two down, um, Anthem looked like this interesting kind of Iron Man-esque sci-fi kind of open world shooter, looked interesting when we first saw it, what, like, three or four years ago, whenever that was, um, and it ended up, uh, bricking certain people's consoles, so, yeah, um, <laughs> Great. that wasn't very good, um, yeah, and also like just freezing and restarting other people's consoles, so not quite as bad, but you know, still very. Your game isn't supposed to do that to your console, so um, yeah. And just the fact that the because the, they had this content roadmap, didn't they? Of like, hey, in this month we're going to do this and that, and they thrown that out the window because no one's really playing the game. So yeah, just some big disappointments from those two. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, best actress of the year. Um, so something much more positive. Merritt Weaver as Detective Karen Duvall. I've been singing her praises ever since I've seen Unbelievable. Uh, she is a gold, um, a Golden Police Department uh, detective in um, Colorado. She is, of course, the main detective in Unbelievable. Um, and I don't think anybody really got quite close to her this year in terms of performance, at least, at least to me. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly well deserved. Um, Unbelievable is winning some awards for some different things at the moment. Uh, they won a writer's thing the other day, so really, really well deserved uh, for that. So that's best actress, best actor. I'm going to put Peter Dinklage uh, for Game of Thrones. I did consider David Tennant for um, uh, Good Omens. Was it Crowley? Crowley? Yes, I think that Crowley. was his name for for Good Omens. But uh, I don't know. Peter Dinklage has been probably one of the most consistent actors in Game of Thrones, and that included this season as well. So uh, I'm going to put him in there. Uh, moving on to two little football uh, selections. Player of the year is going to be Daniel James. He's not been at the team that long. I'm, of course, talking about Manchester United. So um, player of the year, Daniel James, for a player that was supposed to be um, slowly put into the team, <laughs> um, but ended up being one of our best players and now a first-team player. Um, you know, the, the £15 million pound uh, not weight in terms of his his money. Uh, that's how much he cost the the club to buy. <laughs> just just yeah. uh, to clear that up. Um, yeah, Man United bought him for fifteen million. He was this uh, championship player from Swansea. Not a lot of expectations. We knew he had a lot of pace. Um, and of course, you've got the whole Welsh winger gigs kind of um, legacy thing there. Uh, potential replacement. I think he's been really really good uh, so far this season. I can't think of a game that he's played badly so far. So there's that. Uh, worst player of the year has got to be Jesse Lingard. Um, just uh, scores about a goal a year when he should be scoring a lot more. He also should have scored today, but didn't. Um, yeah, just kind of consistently bad. And um, you could ask me why is he still at the team, and I don't have the answer for you. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, worst film of the year to me is Alita Battle Angel. Did you see that film? No. Okay. No, I didn't. Right. I'm, uh, yes, I, I avoided it. Um, I, I interviewed somebody about it, I think, but I, <laughs> I okay. didn't actually see it. All right. Uh, but yeah, it was this, uh, I think it's like an anime or a manga kind of adaption of a film. Uh, it looked really good from the trailers. The action in it was good, but everything else, I think, just, just completely kind of kind of fell apart. So right. uh, that's the most disappointing film of the year to me. Uh, shot of the year. Um, Watchmen Season 1, Episode 6. Uh, Hooded Justice jumping out the window. I talked about it on that specific podcast. Uh, the mm-hmm. black and white episode, which me and David both gave a lot of praise to. Um, yeah, that's the one kind of 
shot that I could think of that uh, particularly stood out. So, in fact, I wrote down shot of the year because that's what came to mind. So, um, it automatically mm. sort of won for that because that was the, that was the one kind of thing that stuck out. I was like, oh yeah, that was um really good kind of shot uh, that that happened this year. So, again, just the way that connected back and forth between I'll just say different things in the show uh, worked really really well. So I was quite happy with that scene of the year um the final scene of unbelievable on netflix of course i can't tell you anything about it because it would spoil the ending obviously um but very very powerful very very satisfying ending to the limited series that i really enjoyed um yeah and it's just uh i, I can't really say what happened in the scene obviously but it was something quite simple but something that was just so well acted so well put together and just really kind of nicely closed out everything in in the season so i thought that was brilliant uh episode of the year is the final episode of unbelievable on netflix um i think like i've just said they wrapped up everything really well um the emotion was there well from minute one really in the show until until the very last second um yeah well clear that you know the final the final episode itself really kind of stood out to me with the final scene and the final episode itself so i really really enjoyed that um worst series finale um i've put silicon valley uh i read i did recently I fundamentally disagree with you on that but do carry on <laughs> okay yeah you, you've you've told me that already but uh did yeah. you tell me that off the air uh yes i think i, I did i think yes. you did, yeah um yeah can't really say why i didn't enjoy it because that would uh spoil well the series finale but um yeah just quite disappointed with some of the choices that were made and there is no episodes left to help what happened um so that was disappointing to me uh biggest disappointment of the year um it chapter two for a sequel of a film that was so successful i'm talking about of course about um it chapter one which i really really enjoyed thought it was a really great introduction to everything and pennywise was awesome and all that uh i go into it chapter two it's two hours 50 minutes which is just way too long um just had a completely muddled plot and story and script um and uh yeah it was one of them films where there's 20 minutes left and you don't know there's 20 minutes left and then there's about four different points the film could possibly end and it just refuses to end and it kept going <laughs> and uh yeah i was i was quite disappointed with that so uh, there's that uh, best setup for next season is Good Girls for season t- uh, season three rather. Um, wow, the show's going to be on season three next year. Um, yeah, thought that they ended season two with a lot of potential going forward. They could go in a lot of different directions. Uh, and I, I uh, like I kind of said in in my review of season two, I thought the season was kind of slow in certain places, but it was all kind of worth it with um, just how the season ended. And where they could go next. So, uh, best comeback, The Walking Dead. Um, I think that with um, Angela Kang saving the show from the uh, hands of Gimple uh, for the last two seasons, specifically. I mean, this year just continued the momentum of of saving the show because uh, obviously she came in last year, didn't she, for season nine? But yeah. uh, and we still have half a season ten left. But uh, yeah, just kind of cleaned up some of the writing, cleaned up some of the pacing and the plot and just the silly stuff and there was a few episodes we we talked about this half of the season haven't we where it was like okay that would be um well not not, to to avoid throwing spoilers out there for the the dante stuff i remember you said about like that could have been a whole episode with gimple but we got like a nice short explanation to some of that sort of stuff um yeah there isn't there isn't another show that i can think of that's had such a good kind of comeback in uh recent years so there's that uh two more of these left uh best young actresses of the year i've picked two 
people for this. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown as Elle in um, Stranger Things and Kaylee Fleming as Judith uh, Grimes in The Walking Dead. I think both of them did really, really well in what they were given this year. Um, and, uh, well, I sort of met one of them. She walked past me by accident at uh, Walker Stalker this year. But, uh, yeah, she was on her way. To, I've already talked about that. But, um, yeah, kind of sort of saw her or met her or whatever as her Walker Stalker. I'm talking about uh, Kaylee Fleming as judith um but yeah i thought both of them did really really well in uh, what they were given so uh and the last little mini category i have is best on-screen chemistry uh denai Guerrero as michonne and kelly fleming as judith just bringing this mother daughter katana style relationship which we will miss next season or next half a season whenever michonne leaves um but uh yeah i think every opportunity that they've used that this season and somewhat last season as well um, I think all those scenes have been pretty much perfect. So, and just seeing the two, like when Judith kind of walks off a little bit on her own and does like a katana kill, and you can see like the proudness on Michonne's face and everything, um, I think that's been really, really great so far. So, yeah, that's my uh, mini categories. Okay, so um, I, I have quite a lot, or a number of similar things to you actually. Okay. Um, I've got um, some most improved things, uh, some things that I think have the most potential and uh, yeah, by my disappointments. So uh, most improved TV show I'm very much with you on Walking Dead. I think the uh, the, the direction Angela Kang has gone in and we've spoken about this on the Walking Dead podcast but mm-hmm. I, I think we're both very much in agreement that it, she has done phenomenally well from from the direction it had been heading in the just the pace the writing the the dealing with you know the mess that was left behind uh, and you know losing key cast members and still managing to drive it forward i i think she's done an amazing job with it if you've uh, stepped away from the walking dead because of how it was getting the last few seasons go back to it because it, it really turned a corner and uh, it yeah it's it's just so much an improved tv show from what it was before um on the gaming side of things, most improved uh, No Man's Sky, I think, is hmm. is is just keeps consistently getting better and better, and they're updating it for free. Um, and the amount of extra stuff that's gone in there, there are things that they could have released as DLC and didn't. You know, they've they've just added and added and added and expanded and built and it's it's such a different game if you think where that game was when it launched how many years ago that was two was it two years ago now um maybe yeah the the game that it is now is is far closer to the promise of sort of what he was originally aiming for i think uh you know there's you can play together with people not that i do that very much but you can play together with people you can build these huge bases there's loads of vehicles you can put in um the the worlds have got overhauled there's so much more stuff you can build and mine and it's just so much more fun than it ever was uh i've hugely in you know enjoyed that game on and off and it's one of those things that i'll leave for a bit and then they'll drop a bigger big update and i'll come back and play around with it for you know add another 20 hours to my 100 and whatever it is (laughs) that i've already got in there uh so yeah that i think you know in terms of just most improved those are the two things that really came to mind um i also wanted to mention potential for uh certain things as well uh the witcher which i'm about halfway through i know you've epically podcasted the entire <laughs> thing but 
yeah, I, I'm about halfway through at the moment. Um, and uh, I'm really, really loving the series. So this hasn't made it onto my kind of best TV list because I haven't finished it. And that's the only reason that's why. Fine. Otherwise, yeah. it would have done. Um, but uh, I think there's so much potential for that series. And it, I, I think it's perfectly cast. I loved the fact that, you know, Henry Cavill is, is a complete nerd about the entire thing um you know loves the character loves the books played the video games uh he's a huge geek gamer um there was a story he told on graham norton this week that's saying that he actually nearly missed the call well did miss the call about him being superman because he was raiding in world of warcraft at the time (laughs) (laughs) which i love uh so he's a huge gamer and that was his introduction into the witcher and although the tv show is based on the books that sort of drove him to the books and you know helping getting the show on air as well so uh yeah i i mean i He's perfect for that role. He's got it down so well. I really, really love that that series. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to more of that. And it has already been renewed for a new season. So um, yeah, there's going to be more of that coming. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Um, and in games, uh, Subnautica Below Zero. Uh, and if you remember, I probably put was it last year? I probably put Subnautica of top of my games list because uh, they released the the original game. Mm-hmm. That got its full release last year. They're now doing Subnautica Below Zero, which is a new spin-off version of it. And you know, they it's only in early access at the moment, which is why it's in potential and not in the full games list. Okay. Uh, there's also some big changes coming to it because they are very good at communicating with the fans and listening to fan direction. In fact, you can actually go on and see what they're doing behind the scenes. You can they, they put all the production stuff up online to show what's being developed and what isn't and what stages of things at things are at. So um it's really great to get that sort of feedback from developers. And they put up a post recently with the the scriptwriter for the original game and had started writing the script for the second game, has actually stepped off the project. He's gone on to do other things. So they found a new scriptwriter for it. Um, and they've spoken to her about various ideas, and they're actually changing the direction. So there's a bit of an overhaul. Base, you know, Some of the stuff which is already in Subnautica Below Zero is going to stay, but they are going to quite dramatically change the story from what it originally was planned to be, apparently. Uh, that was what the, the latest release from them, them came from. So I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with it. I, I really like those guys as developers. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant game, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing where that goes. So I think that's got an awful lot of potential moving forward. Um. In terms of disappointments, and I generally don't like to say worst because I, I like I, I I disagree with the idea of worst because you know I don't like to crap all over people that are are creating content, um, mm-hmm. so I don't like to give a sort of you know they, it's it's they're doing something which I couldn't do. So generally, I don't like to say worst. Uh, but in terms of disappointments, I, I, like everybody, Game of Thrones season eight, um, and I don't have an issue and we've said this before i don't have an issue with where everything ended up i think the people ended up in the places they were supposed to end up in i just 
was very disappointed on the journey to get there over that final season. It could easily have been stretched out. It's not often you hear us say, oh, that that could have been stretched out a bit more. It's usually <laughs> the other way around, you know, like, oh, do 16 episodes, not 22. But with this, I actually think you could easily have stretched that out a bit longer and done another couple of seasons. You could probably have got up to season 10 with that and padded out that story a bit more, put put out more bits of it and it would have made a lot more sense. You could really, that whole final season needed to sort of, to get to the point where Daenerys got to, you needed almost a season of her descending into madness. And we didn't get any of that. And as, I mean, you know, spoilers, obviously, but, uh, you know, we had that kind of, her suddenly go, okay, I'm going to massacre everybody. Pretty much for no reason. Um, You know, little things like that, and the way it was put together, and as I say, I don't mind the the people that died. I just object in some cases that the way that it happened, and if, you know, so like the things like that is just really. I, I have a huge issue with some of some of the creative decisions they made on the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Although I'm perfectly happy with who ended up on the throne, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with John disappearing and you know, all that sort of stuff. I, I, all that's fine. The characters that survived were the ones that should survive and the way that where they went at the end was fine. It was just the journey on how they got there, which I had a real problem with. Um, on the movie side of things, disappointments, The Irishman, the Netflix Martin Scorsese film, should have been infinitely better than it was. Um, it was... One of those situations where I'm fairly sure Martin Scorsese said, I've got Robert De Niro, I've got Al Pacino, I've got Harvey Keitel and a Joe Pesci's come out of retirement to do this. We're going to put them all together. We're going to put them in this movie. It's going to be fantastic. And Netflix just threw money at it. And what it really needed was an editor um, because it's like three and a half, four hours of just trudging through things on a film that really should have been a very well cut like two and a half hour movie um and it's one of those situations where had it been purely a cinematic release i don't think they would have got away with making it that long and i think it's just the fact that mainly it did get a bit of a cinematic release but i think mainly because it was a netflix thing they just threw money at it and said oh well what can go wrong it's martin scorsese and all these top top shelf actors and i i think had they had somebody go in and actually edit that down there is a good film in there it's just it it needed cutting a lot um the special effects work i thought was very good you know because they show points sort of going back through history and it is very difficult to tell at times whether they've de-aged somebody or not um but i thought they they got like the vfx stuff i thought was done very very well um and i you know obviously the acting's great it's just the overall pacing of it and the plotting is is all over the place and i it's it's real shame because it, it deserved to be much better than it was uh and um in the gaming world i really agree with you bethesda what the hell are you doing <laughs> this is just you've you know how far you've fallen from being heralded as the days of fallout 4 of yes you know you always made games that were a little bit janky and you know they they always had some issues but just the misstep after misstep with fallout 76 and then you go and say 
oh, by the way, we're also going to like put a subscription service on top of this, which is going to cost $100 a year. It's just insanity. Um, get a grip. I do just... really think, just on this very quick side note, Doom Eternal is out next year, and Doom is one of their biggest properties, if not their biggest property. I really wonder what's going to happen to that company if that game isn't good. Because um, yeah. they can't, they can't afford any more slip-ups. They really can't. So, no. Um, and I mean, maybe in that particular instance, it's going to be a self-contained shooter. I guess. I, assuming it's not like, or I mean, it may have multiplayer in it, but it's not mm-hmm. like a Fallout seventy-six multiplayer. It's not like supposed to be a big shared world thing, is it? No. So, no. so, um, I I would say Bethesda go back to what you're doing best which are things like those solo games uh you know or or things that may have deathmatch things in them and that sort of multiplayer but go back and do do a decent story driven solo game you know do your skyrims do your state fallouts um go back to doing that because clearly this big multiplayer open world stuff is not your strong point um so yeah yeah, i just get it together because I, you were one of my favourite gaming companies, and it is bitterly disappointing to see you fall this far. I'm, I'm, you know, not angry. I'm disappointed. Is is, mm-hmm. is what I would say. But uh, yeah. So in terms of uh, disappointments, those were my three top ones. Uh, I do have one worst. I know I said I don't like to call things worst, but there are times when you just have to call something out. Worst TV show, Island. Um, the Netflix series is by far one of the worst things I've ever seen on television. Yeah. Just yeah. badly acted, badly plotted. Um, I mean, to the point that I think I got two episodes in and I was like, I can't watch any more of this. It's so awful. It's really, really terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just really... a how on earth that got that got commissioned and allowed to be broadcast i don't know it is laughably awful piece of tv and it's not even awful to the level of you know the things like sharknado that right sci-fi right. make those sorts of movies which are, are supposed to be terrible um if it had done it in that way then it would have been fine but it wasn't it was just bad and uh yeah i i just i how on earth that got commissioned i don't know but uh, mm-hmm. i'm I mean, they haven't announced what whether it's coming back but i'd rather assume it's not oh i'd be very surprised if that got renewed uh so. given that yes that yeah. some of the things if that got renewed and you know you've had shows like uh you know some of the other stuff that netflix have canned this year um yeah i i think there would be uproar so, uh, yes. Um, in terms of season finales, there have been quite a lot of season finales There's this year. There's been so many final seasons this year. I was actually going to do... I've just completely run out of time, but I was going to write down um, the list of shows that have either ended this year or had a final season ordered. Because there's things like the hundreds that have got like oh, a final season the, next year. Yeah, and, no, yeah. I mean, but I, I just didn't have time. In so. terms of stuff that have, have ended this year, uh, 
Suits, Orange is the New Black, Elementary, Silicon Valley, Gotham, iZombie, Veep, Big Bang Theory. Uh, those are the shows which I've actually seen that have ended. Mm-hmm. You've also got, uh, let me just go through this, uh, Lemony Snicket, the third season of that was the final season. Crazy Act's Girlfriend ended this year. Uh, what else have you got? There's Big Bang Theory. Uh, you've got um, Jane the Virgin finished this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Durrells finished uh, Game of Thrones obviously uh, Jamestown finished The Sun um, Paul Dark had a final season this year Legion had a final season this year although I've not finished watching it um, so yeah oh, Killjoys as well that also had its final season this year uh, yeah. Power that's on its final season The Affair is on its final season Transparent um, the Good Places, of course, on its final season, but hasn't actually finished yet. Right. Um, Mr. Robot as well. Um, Arrow had its final season announced. Star Wars Resistance, that's on its final season. Uh, Man in Eye Castle as well, that's got its final season now. So there were so many this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're all very different shows, so it's very hard to pick which one. Uh, I quite like the way gotham ended i thought they did, did a fine job with that okay. um that, I lo- that was that was one category i actually forgot forgot to write down which was best series finale which to me would be uh big bang theory i really really liked the way that ended yeah so. i i thought big bang did a really nice job of, of finishing that off i thought they did a really good job with that uh suits i thought did a pretty decent job of rounding that off as well um i liked the ending to silicon valley um that show is has always been about them kind of getting uh advancing despite of their failures all mm-hmm. the time you know they kind of fail upwards consistently and i think at some point that had to stop and that's sort of where they go with the finale and that's kind of what i liked about it i i think you know and they're, they're all in a reasonable place at the end you know they're not I won't go into too much detail just in case people haven't watched it but uh yeah i mean i i actually quite liked what they did with that i thought that was that was quite solid um elementary i thought was quite good orange is the new black um i haven't started quite, that yet <laughs> quite quite dark where you know that final season i mean the whole thing can be a bit dark in places but mm, uh i yeah. thought i thought again i thought that was quite good and veep i thought was was excellent uh i zombie had a solid ending i thought yeah as well. i really enjoyed it yeah so I mean, you know, there's there's not been any any series endings that I really hated. I don't think this year out of the shows I've watched. So um, yeah, we and then of course we've got things like Arrow ending yeah. next year, and there's a whole bunch of other things like you say, One Hundred's got a final season, and there's a bunch of other things that have announced final seasons for next year. So uh, yes, there's there's a lot of stuff, but then there's a lot of new stuff coming on as well. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, is that all from your mini yes. category things? Cool. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and then we'll go into our actual lists for uh, best um, TV shows, games and films. We'll do games first, then films and then TV, I think. So uh, we'll be back in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. 
So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on an entertainment talk, as of today, uh, Man United did lose 2-0 away to Watford, and it is as bad as it sounds, Watford are currently bottom of the Premier League table, just for a small bit of reference. Uh, so that happened, uh, that is actually going to be the final United cast episode of the year, I will be back in the new year to probably talk about the Arsenal game, I think that's away, but I will tell you when that actually happens. Um... Yeah, I did a pod- or another podcast today for um, the winter or early 2020 uh, plans for entertainment talk. Uh, so the uh, like things like classic reviews that are coming back and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, just to, It was about six minutes, just a little podcast to tell you about the winter and the early 2020 content. So things that are returning, etc. So all that sort of stuff. Uh, yes, as David said earlier, I did do a podcast marathon. I finished it uh, on Friday, um, which was very, very good. Uh, yeah, and of course, a podcast for every two episodes. So watch two episodes, podcast, and then follow one from, from that model. Uh, and of course, the episode... Uh, numbers are listed in the title so you can go by that and follow it and all that sort of thing uh, the podcast has done very very well so far so thank you everybody who has um, listened so far to that uh, we wrapped up our coverage for Watchmen earlier this week on uh, Wednesday God, that seems like a long while ago but uh, yeah on Wednesday we did the uh, season 1 episode 9 for the Watchmen uh, we don't know if when where or who is going to be in charge of Watchmen season 2 or if it's, or if it's going to be happening and whatnot. we discussed that of course in the finale podcast uh, gaming talk last week we talked about uh, the game awards the Xbox series X was uh, revealed it's going to that's the new name of the new Xbox that's coming out next year of course alongside the PlayStation 5 which, who keep their names simple uh, <laughs> instead of uh, weird names and whatnot uh, we talked about that we also talked about the game awards themselves with uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice winning game of the year and Hellblade 2 was announced alongside the Xbox Series X as a launch title so we talked about that uh, did a bit of a fun thing on Thursday uh, I watched and uh, reacted and commented and reviewed uh, a Rick and Morty episode I think it's for the mid-season finale the season 4 episode 5 episode that came out this week um, so if you want to have some fun watching Rick and Morty you can uh, listen to that of course as well um kind of a big deal the uh, the skywalker saga is now finished the of course star wars rise of skywalker came out on thursday uh, and i of course reviewed that so you can check that out as well uh, let's play sunday's episode as of today for uh, vr ping pong so if you want to see me play some ping pong but in vr uh, that was pretty fun to do as well so um you can check that out uh, i think that's all the major bits and pieces like i said which podcast all that sort of thing um and um yeah, check everything out that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Alright, uh, let's get into games. So I will start, I think. Uh, I've got five on my list. I think I had about that many last year. 
But let's go from number five. Number five is going to be Metro Exodus, which was supposed to sort of be the end of the trilogy of the Metro series, but there is another game in development, and there is also DLC available for Metro Exodus. Um, I just thought with that game, the idea of like, okay, if you if you can survive this particular area, it like it's very very satisfying and rewarding, and some of those areas are really really tough, and you're of course running out of ammo. You've got to decide if, when, and where you're going to use it. Um, the game's got a couple of little problems here and there. Of course, every game kind of does, but um, yeah, I thought they did a quite good, a good job with what I thought was going to be the wrap up for that. But uh, yeah, be very interesting to see what they do with a with a fourth one because this is based off a set of books as well. And Metro Exodus, I think, is the last book, so I don't know what they're doing with the the next game. But uh, yeah, my number five is Metro Exodus. Uh, number four. Uh, Kojima came back this year, of course, Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima, uh, you had Norman Reedus in there, you had Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, Troy Baker, uh, the list is endless in terms of uh, the star-studded cast. Um, yeah, was it probably a bit too long in terms of, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned editing with the whole uh, Irishman and all that, because this was probably the game this year that should have been edited down a bit, right. but uh, yeah, still c- kind of along the same um, road as uh, Metro, very, very satisfying when you do complete your orders and you manage to get up the tough hills and you figure out like okay i need to put a climbing anchor down here or put a ladder here or do i use my vehicle here and you know just just that that sort of resource management management and that sort of um planning like you can't just simply go to your destination you have to avoid bts and mules and all these sorts of other things um and it was just uh once you had figured out how to get to your next delivery uh and actually like press the delivery button and you see norman Reedus as sam um putting the the cargo in the in the containers and whatnot uh just really really quite satisfying to play so um i thought that was good as well number three uh we've got an ea game here star wars jedi fallen order of course the single player microtransactionless um focused uh single player focused uh game of course focusing on focusing on uh cal castello played by cameron monaghan isn't it the kind of sort of not yes. really maybe but probably joker uh from gotham <laughs> um yeah thought it was great i thought it was good uh change of pace to actually have you know just a star wars focused uh sorry single player focused kind of star wars game and instead of using you know the blasters in battlefront 2 and all that you got a lightsaber you got this chance to like you know learn kind of well in game uh, the, like, all the lightsaber combat and everything which I thought was really satisfying once you kind of got your hand, a handle on it which was quite difficult uh, it was really quite satisfying to play and uh, using those force powers was uh, pretty cool as well so I really liked when you use the push force thing and you just push enemies off of off of the, yeah. uh, off of the what, what, platform yeah, or whatever it's that very was, satisfying that yeah, yeah. <laughs> really really good They're, like enemies would come up to you and they'd be like hey Jedi you're dead and you'd be like no I'm going to push you off the edge so I thought that was really good Uh, number two Call of Duty Modern Warfare speaking of gaming comebacks um, going back to Grounded Warfare going back to just simple warfare none of these laser guns or jetpacks or Titanfall wall running or any of this sort of nonsense that was in some of the previous games probably the best game since Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare which tells you they probably should have stuck to Modern Warfare but uh, which by the way Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was 2007 so uh, yes it's been a while for Call of Duty but uh, yeah I don't think Activision's put too many different feet wrong or whatever or put put too much of a foot wrong with this game Um, I'm really really enjoying it right now I'm really enjoying uh, getting upgrades through the battle pass and whatever and like the guns are really satisfying to use and everything and um, you know they recently did the season one update and you've got uh, some of the old nostalgic maps back that's been really cool to kind of go and visit uh, because those were some of the maps that were in Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare so really really happy with what they've done 
uh, with the Modern Warfare so far. So, of course, it's an ongoing game as well. So, in six months, it could be bad or good. I, I, I couldn't tell you. So, but uh, at least at the moment, on, on the multiplayer side of things, really, really enjoying what I'm playing. So, uh, and number one, my game of the year is Gears of War Five or Gears Five. Um, really satisfying continuation of what they were building with Gears of War Four, because Ge- Gears of War Four is kind of the uh, Force Awakens, if you will, of the um, right. of the Gears of War franchise. Just kind of like doing a mini revival, but there's returning characters there, and then with Gears of War Five, they just kind of continued that and uh, did some really great story stuff. They did some really good stuff with uh, I think it's Cat or Kate, the uh, main character. Um, there's a couple of interesting bits and pieces in the game in terms of some more spoilery stuff that happens, which of course I can't talk about. Um, thought the combat was great this year. Thought they introduced some really really cool weapons. Um, there's one particular weapon that you use. I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was quite good. I can't remember what it what it was, but uh, yeah, they did some really good stuff this year with Gears of War, and uh, really really enjoyed Gears Five. So, and I went in kind of thinking like, oh, it's another Gears game, and like, I don't know how I, how I feel about it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's probably one of my favourite. Uh, game franchises at this point uh they've not t- not put too much of a foot wrong with uh gears so far i mean a lot of people didn't like the prequel of judgment but uh, i thought it was it, it it did its job so yeah gears 5 is my game of the year for 2019 uh david how about you for games uh okay so i've got five as well um and uh i, I start to realize how much i i kind of buy games but i don't buy i tend to buy games on pc more than anything else and they tend to be quite a while after they've been released (laughs) quite often um so uh you know a lot of the stuff that i'm playing quite regularly uh, is stuff that was i you know it's got new dlc or been updated but um so the the games that are new newly released this year that i have been playing though um Number five, I had a, have a game called The Bradwell Conspiracy, which is a PC game. Um, I actually interviewed the people that, that made it. Uh, and it's basically you are, you are trapped inside this uh, development kind of scientific center that's at Stonehenge. Uh, there is this, uh, this seeming earthquake and you're sort of trapped underneath the rubble and your vocal cords have been damaged so your character can't speak the only way they can communicate is by taking photos with his uh these kind of visitor glasses that he has um so they they, he's like supposed to be there as a as a tourist or he's there for an event and he has these visitor glasses you can take a photo with it and it sends it to the other person who you uh don't really see who's a sort of voice in the on the sort of head mic and uh you can send photos of what you're seeing to them so they can help you sort out puzzles so uh you know if you've got to a locked door there may be a way of opening it where they can do something on the other side and you can do something on on this side so uh you kind of go through it and have to figure it out together but it's a it's quite a short game i think i completed it in about five hours so it's um it's not like a full price game it's quite a quite a short game it's really fun though um really fun really nice engaging story thoroughly enjoyed it and uh it's i don't know whether it's on other platforms at the moment but it is on pc you can get it off steam and it's called the bragwell conspiracy so uh it's worth going to look up that one um another one that i played which is a smaller sort of indie game but got quite popular called oxygen not included uh again i'm not entirely sure whether that was fully released this year or not that may be an older game but um, I think the full release came out this year. And 
you are uh, you you're basically it's a space colony simulation game. I was initially quite put off with it because it's sideward sort of scrolling flat cartoony kind of graphics and I I just put that put me off a little bit but it's really good fun uh you are um on this alien space rock and there's uh you've got to sort of dig yourself out a base and you have these little um what they call dupes that are basically the people and you dig out this space base and uh, the object is to try and get yourself off the rock and into space. That's the the sort of purpose. But you can sort of build out this huge space base, and they've got like layers of various different things in the rock. So there's like an ice section when you dig far enough, and if you dig down deep enough, there's like a lava layer, and you get various different things. Like the further you dig down, you can get oil and stuff. And once you've struck oil, you can make things out of that oil, like plastics, and you can use the oil to fuel um things and yeah so there's there's lots and lots of different things and it's incredibly expensive uh, i really good fun playing that my only slight criticism of that game would be it gets very very difficult when you uh when you start to make it your way up towards the surface and there's a quite steep curve once you hit that point you know you can spend a lot of the time building stuff inside the asteroid when it gets to the bit of actually launching the ship and that gets very very difficult so um I kind of rage quit that eventually, but uh, it is very good fun though, and it is worth playing around with. Number three, I have The Outer Worlds, which I really, really loved. Um, it's a uh, <clears throat> it's a wonderful sort of RPG. It's made by Obsidian, who, uh, for those of you that don't know the uh, the company. They are one of the people who were behind some of the better Fallout games. Uh, so um, it's an action role-playing game. Um, you are on this set of uh, alien worlds, essentially, and uh, you are. It, it's got kind of an element of Firefly to it, which, as you know, is a TV show I love. Um and uh, you're the captain of this starship and you're picking up various crew and they have various different missions that you can you can go on and you can help them out and you're trying to sort of discover this overall conspiracy and what happened and and all that sort of stuff so there's a sort of nice mix of rpg nice mix of combat uh I, I would like to see them expand it a bit more. It does feel quite small compared to something like, you know, your Fallout 4s and that sort of thing. But it's a really lovely world. They've they've The stuff that they have got is really nicely put together. I, I just sort of want more of it and I want it to be bigger and I want it to be more expansive and, you know, have, have more stuff you can do in it. So uh, the, I, I'm really excited to see where that goes in the future. But I, I loved what they did with uh, the game. And I think the initial story is really quite nice as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of that. Um, number two, I have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which obviously you've spoken about. Uh, just really solid story. A great single player RPG. Um I think Respawn did a wonderful job with it. It's a, an interesting mix of um, some sort of other games like this. There's sort of elements of Uncharted in there. There's elements of Tomb Raider in there. Um, 
just just a really nice mix of sort of taking the best things of some of the other games and kind of mashing them all together and then sprinkling Star Wars on top. And I'm fine with that. That works for me, you know. Uh, to, don't don't reinvent the wheel. Just do something that that's in a Star Wars universe. Let you mess around with the white lightsaber has a really solid story to it, um, and it works brilliantly. And I really really enjoyed that game. So I was really happy with that. Um, and then at number one, I have Planet Zoo. Hmm. Um, which uh, I know isn't going to be to everybody's taste. It, it's pretty much the same as Planet Coaster. Instead of building roller coasters, you're building and managing a zoo and looking after animals. And I really enjoyed that game. It's uh, just had a DLC which adds a load of uh, winter kind of content to it, uh, including a bunch of new animals and a bunch of new, like, um, sort of arctic animals into it so you can put polar bears and stuff in there as well now and there's a bunch of new extra bits and pieces so you can make kind of wintry kind of uh, habitats and stuff for the animals Uh, i love building games and this just does it so so well Uh, i mean there's there's the same sort of problems that you had with uh, planet coaster of things like the pathing system sucks and you know but all, all the little kind of elements and the fact that you can't place some things as well as you maybe want to and all that sort of stuff is still in there because it basically looks like the same engine um but overall the game's really fun it's beautiful to look at um the management of the animals is great uh you can kind of follow them around with cameras you can get some great shots of things uh you can build these hugely complex um structures i mean if you want to go and look online at some of the planet uh, zoo things there's some uh, sections on reddit you can go and see the type of thing people have built but there are just some amazing amazing constructions out there uh, i i thoroughly recommend that game i've sunk hours and hours and hours into it it's just such great fun if you like building games that's definitely something you should go out and get it's really really solid cool all right so that's your uh, games list um <laughs> Alright, let's move on to films. I'll go first again. I've got 12 in my list. A bit more than I had last year, actually, but uh, let's just uh, go through with the list. Number 12, I've got Captain Marvel. Uh, did actually come out this year, which you, you kind of, yeah, sometimes yes. when things come kind out in forget. January and February, you kind of forget a little bit. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a good lead into Endgame. I thought that, uh, you know, um, yeah, just thought it was a good lead into Endgame, a good way to kind of introduce the character. Had some funny stuff in there with a particular cat. Um, and uh, yeah again just a great lead into what we had and a good way to sort of set that up for probably quite a, a big future with that character I don't imagine Captain Marvel's going to go anywhere anytime soon so no. yeah that was number 12 uh, number 11 by the way for this films list I did do a best superhero films list for the year so I've had to keep them obviously the same because if I had you know changed that within this list it wouldn't quite make sense would it so had to kind of keep that the same within this list uh, so that means that number 11 is X-Men Dark Phoenix um, I did think that uh, I mean I remember the week that it came out and it got so much negativity towards it that I actually didn't see it at the cinema because I thought like, okay this, this film sounds like it's got nothing redeeming about it so I decided to just not go out and see it uh, and then saw it several months later 
you know, a couple of months later or whatever, and uh, just enjoy. Maybe it was because my expectations had been set so low because I heard <laughs> so much bad stuff about this film. Yeah. Um, but I, I just went in thinking the thinking the worst. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think it was a, as bad as some people are making out. Uh, it's not the best superhero film of the year, and it's not the best film of the year, obviously. But uh, I thought it was an, an interesting and decent kind of conclusion to that little. Uh, you know, Fassbender. Um, what's the other guy's name? Michael Fassbender and uh, uh, James McAvoy kind yes. of run of, of those two, and obviously with Sophie Turner in there as well. Um, I think there's a particularly good train sequences in this film, um, as well. And sure, some of it wasn't great, but uh, yeah, I I I enjoyed it overall. Again, maybe because my expectations were just so low going in. So uh, number ten is going to be Knives Out. Uh, Ryan jo- from Ryan Johnson, of course, um, had a star-studded cast, um, and like I kind of said in my review a little bit. Uh, didn't quite make use of everyone that they'd had, but certainly made use of a, a large number of that cast, specifically Daniel Craig, of course. I thought it was an interesting little murder mystery kind of thing with a few um, a little interesting bit, kind of bits and pieces and whatnot. Um, but yeah, overall, I think they did a great job with it, and I thought that, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So there's that. Uh, number nine is going to be Last Christmas. The uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Amelia Clark, uh, fun little Christmas film. Just thought it was a fun time to go and sort of see that and to see um, what, what those two were going to kind of do in the film. Um, there's a particular part in the film I didn't like, which stopped me putting it higher on this list. Because um, that that one problem in the film is the only problem I have with the film. Uh, everything else I think is done really well. It's just nice and cheerful and just, yeah, just a fun little Christmas film to go and see. So I thought that was good. Number eight is going to be Joker. Uh, I think that Joaquin Phoenix did a really, really good job as as Joker himself. Uh, we don't know really if we're going to see him again. There's been some conflicting reports about a Joker too. We shall see what happens, of course. Um, yeah, I thought they did a great job with bringing a new and better version of that character out than what we'd previously had with uh, Leto. It's it's unfortunate for Leto really being in between, you know, Heath Ledger and uh, and Joaquin Phoenix, um, kind of like skipping over him or whatever. To you know, the next good Joker was of course. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix but no thought he did a great job I thought the film was a good kind of character study and everything and uh, yeah thought that was great so uh, number seven is going to be for Frozen 2 uh, it's uh, I think it's almost made a billion last time I heard it was like 970 something million so it's probably getting close to it uh, so another billion dollar success for Disney of course um, thought they had some really good animation some really good character stuff in there um, and my one, my one problem with Frozen 1, the first one, is that Elsa didn't really have enough screen time, at least for me, and I thought they solved that problem in Frozen 2, um, and yeah, just thought it was a great kind of continuation for it. I don't know if it's going to be a Frozen 3, but I'm sure if Disney yeah. makes yeah. money, that, uh, they <laughs> yes, probably I'm, will. I'm sure so, there will be something, right, yeah. Right, Just given the way certain things happen, but you never know, they'll they'll probably make a, at least a trilogy, I would imagine, so. Yeah. We'll see how things go. Uh, Shazam is number six um, for a film. Again, I skipped because I just I just didn't really have too much enthusiasm. You know, we'd we'd kind of come away from Aquaman and Justice League and uh, and whatever. Um, I actually watched Aquaman and Shazam in, Shazam in like the same week, just for a bit of reference. But I've, ever I since, think I like, did as well, yeah, right. Uh, and just for like you know, saw Batman v Superman disappointing and Justice League disappointing. I thought. Had no interest really in Aquaman, to, uh, Aquaman uh, so I just skipped that. And then Shazam came out and the enthusiasm just still wasn't there. So I watched it uh, a couple of months later. Probably the best film in the DCEU for me. I think that Zachary Levi did a really, really good job um, encapsulating what that character is about. Um, I thought it was really, really fun. Probably the most fun uh, of the DCEU films uh, that, that's currently out there. Aquaman is 
kind of fun, but I just think Shazam's better. But uh, yeah, thought it was great, and they've they have great uh, greenlit Shazam too, haven't they? For twenty twenty two, I think, or something yes, like that. Yes, I uh, believe I so. Yes. Um, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing what they do with the character in the future. So there's that. Number five is going to be for Terminator Dark Fates. Uh, a lot of people didn't like a couple of the choices that were made in the film. Uh, I still think it was a good uh, official canon-wise third film um, for the film to, to, for the franchise to go into. Um, the franchise is probably dead now because it lost like over a hundred million, I think, at the box office. So we probably won't get another one. So just as my enthusiasm reaches almost top level for Terminator. It gets killed, so uh, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I thought it did a great job of bringing things back to being better. I suppose I hadn't seen those bad Terminator films, but uh, yeah, so it certainly sounds like this was better than some of the other films that were made in the past. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was great, uh, but we're not probably going to get any more. So great. Uh, number four is going to be Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, not quite as good as Homecoming for me. Um, I still think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man and the best Peter Parker. Uh, I think he's the, the definitive role for, for those two. Um, I think this was a good follow-on from Endgame as well. Uh, to kind of follow on with... Well, they planned him to be one of the big characters. Then sort of lost him and then gained him back. So uh, there was that. But uh, we know we're getting a Spider-Man 3. We don't know what it's going to be called. But uh, yeah, good way for them to kind of... Because obviously, with like I said, with Captain Marvel setting up the more future uh, MCU characters which hopefully Spider-Man will be one of those so um, yeah thought it was great I thought they did a good job with uh, what they were doing in there and uh, that's my number four number three is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker um, I thought they did a good job with concluding I mean I only rev- reviewed this film like two days ago so or three days ago um, but yeah I thought they did a good job with concluding uh, the saga and not just the trilogy itself that it was in the whole Skywalker saga so there was a lot riding on this film's shoulders to be completely honest and after what uh, had happened with Rise of uh, uh, Last Jedi rather um, with Ryan Johnson obviously Abraham's J.J. Uh, Abrams had to come in and kind of sort things out a bit and try and make sure that they got the best ending that they could um, some people disagree they got the best ending or whatever but uh, of course some people are going to disagree about things which is fine <laughs> um, but um, yeah overall I'm happy with the way that things ended and the way that uh, the film went so I'm pretty happy with that number two is Toy Story 4 uh, Toy Story is something that if I haven't made clear already is something that's near and dear to my heart it's something that I've grown up with something that I will hopefully love for the rest of my life and everything I uh, don't know if we're going to get Toy Story 5 It's we don't know but uh, yeah at least for the last well basically all of my life Toy Story has been there and uh, you know when Toy Story 4 was kind of announced everyone was like oh is this, is this a bit of a cash grab Toy Story 3 had the Andy ending of course but uh, certainly not a crash, cash grab in my eyes um, certainly something that still had the heart of Toy Story in there and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it so there's that number one is Avengers Endgame uh, the number one box office film uh, at the moment of course um, it's funny James Cameron said oh Avatar 2 is gonna gonna beat it well Avatar mm. 2 has to come out first um, yes you have to actually finish it first right, you have to release it and get people to see it um, but yeah Avengers Endgame the great conclusion of the is it the Infinity Saga it's called I think it's called yes yeah uh, great conclusion to that of course so we've had two sagas finished this year with Star Wars and Endgame and with the MCU and whatnot. Um, but yeah I thought they did a thoroughly thoroughly good job with everything uh, and tying up certain characters that was that were in the in the saga and everything and kind of setting up some of the future characters and uh yeah that final battle scene is is something else so 
Um, very, very good job from the Russos, Marvel, Disney, everyone involved. So, yeah, that's my films list for 2019. David, how about you? Okay, so I, I don't watch nearly as many films as I really should do, uh, given the type of job I do. But, uh, yes, mm-hmm. there are. So I've only got six, um, and these were, were sort of my top six, uh, I think, most of them. Although there is one very notable exception, which you missed out of your list. Um, but... Uh, what, what was... What do you mean? Uh, well, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, okay. So uh, number six, I have Shazam. Same as you. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. It shows that the D- DCU or DC films, because they deny that there really is a DC universe at this point, <laughs> uh, but uh, the DC films can actually be funny and have a sense of humor and i love zach i think he's amazing and Mm. he he embodies that character so so well it's such a good job it's basically kind of big with superheroes and it works so well um i really enjoyed that film so i'm i'm glad they're making more of that and i thought it you know it's it's a nice direction with that and with the humor they managed to get into aquaman as well i think they did a wonderful job showing that they can take this in a really nice interesting direction so uh yeah looking forward to more of that uh very very much looking forward to seeing where they go with some of the other dc films particularly suicide squad the james gunn suicide squad which mm. i something yeah. i never thought i'd say about <laughs> after the first one uh so yes that's looking good though and uh Number five, I've got Rise of Skywalker, um, which, again, you wouldn't think a Star Wars movie would be that far down the list at this point. But uh, I saw it recently like you. Uh, I did enjoy it. I liked it. I thought it was a very good conclusion to J.J. Abrahams' trilogy of movies, despite the fact that he didn't do the second one. Mm, And as we were talking about just before we started recording, I think part of the problem with that set of films is the fact that jj didn't do the second one and he's sort of trying to catch up in the first half an hour of that film it kind of drops you in it you know as i think everybody knows if you've seen anything about skywalker rise of skywalker you know that the emperor is back and there is no explanation for that in the film other than the opening scroll um and that first half an hour of that movie is kind of what i think jj would have done for a second film but compressed into half an hour and the the last hour and a half is sort of the third film but compressed from two hours into an hour and a half so it all feels a bit kind of choppily cut and rushed and and it's so there, there are issues with it i do have issues with it overall i think it it's a you know reasonable end to this whole thing um i i just i would have liked to have seen more i would like to have seen uh something quite epic to finish on and it it's doesn't really work the way he's done it. it's not quite as epic as i felt it really should have been as a conclusion of the trilogy of films it is as a conclusion of the skywalker star saga it isn't if that makes sense, okay. I am. Um, yeah. That that would be my feeling of it. It needed to be something that was really, you know, end game huge, and it isn't. Um, so I, yeah, it, it's good. It's fine. It's just not quite as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, 
So, uh, number four, I have Spider-Man Far From Home. Again, another enjoyable outing of Spider-Man. I could watch Tom Holland do Spider-Man for the rest of his life. I think he's fantastic in that role. Uh, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was good as the sort of uh, other guy in that film. Um, Yeah, I'd agree with you. Not maybe quite as good as the first one. I'm interested to see what they do with the third one. But uh, And I'm very happy they've got him back in the MCU. But, um, yeah, still a, a solid, you know, marvel movie um i like captain marvel as well and i i but it it didn't quite make my top list um number three i have joker uh i rather hope they don't make a joker too i would i I don't want to see more of i'm not really sure what i want but uh i don't know the film was good so yeah because because that movie sits kind of outside of everything else as an individual art house movie, art house movie based on a DC property. I think it works beautifully as a sort of one shot. Uh, and I think that's what it needs to say as, you know, I like Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's great in that role. Um, but I, I kind of don't want to see him somehow integrated into the wider DCU. I don't think that would work. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that I think works as it, as an individual entity. And I don't think it needs a sequel. I, I just want to see it as that. Um, so yeah, I, but it's a brilliantly, brilliantly put together movie. It's very, very different. It's a solid one shot. Um, I, yeah. And, uh, I, I would hope it gets some Oscar nominations and mm. stuff. Um, yeah like to see it some win win some awards uh number two i have al camino um breaking bad movie i thought i put that on my list but apparently i didn't <laughs> <laughs> notably uh, missing from Matt's list right. um, so yeah. uh yes. i tell you what i'll put it in between toy story 4 and star wars right okay so uh yeah al camino i have uh on my list at number two um just something that we never really thought we'd get which is a bit mm, more breaking yeah. bad um the they didn't go overboard with the cameos they strung a story together which made sense it uh was a a really nice to see aaron paul kind of take the lead in that and just round out that story of jesse because rather than you know at the end of breaking bad we sort of see him drive off into the sunset and don't really know what happens next and this is that story um we get cameos in there from various different characters and but they don't they make sense they're not just kind of oh this guy's back or that guy's back they're you know it, it works as a as an overall thing um doesn't that stay it's welcome it's it's perfectly well timed put together it's a solid length i just really like that and i thought it was a lovely like little addition i mean of course we've got better call soul coming back next year but mm-hmm. um i thought this was a nice little addition to that whole world and uh i'm i'm very happy that they did it and it was nice to see those characters back on screen and uh yeah i i'd like to see them do maybe more stuff in that breaking bad kind of universe but i don't know what else you'd do at this point um and number one, of course, is Endgame, because what else would it be <laughs> this year? I yeah. mean, it's the biggest movie of all time. It was, I mean, as we're saying with uh, Star Wars, if you want to know how to end a set of films, that's how you do it. Um, you have literally every character there um, at the end. You 
give everybody a final shout uh it's it's definitely the closing chapter to that part of the story although obviously we've got more movies coming over the next few years and they will carry on making them as they will carry on making star wars movies i mean it's not the end of the star wars movie it's the end of that portion of the star wars movies we will have Mm -hmm. more star wars movies unquestionably because disney didn't play pay whatever it was for lucasfilm to put star wars down at this point um so yeah i mean i'm i'm looking forward to to seeing where things go next but to wrap that bit of the story up i thought was so perfectly done um just hats off to everybody involved again i would love to see that go up for a bunch of awards and win a bunch of awards next year because it totally deserves it it's a really solid bit of storytelling and well put together uh, it's got humor it's got heart just a superb film um so yes more of that cool all right so that's uh, our films list. Um, all right, now we're going to go into TV. I've got 16 shows because, damn, there was a lot of good TV this year. I think I had 13 last year, so maybe I'll have 20 uh, next year. So <laughs> uh, we'll see how things go. I mean, we got a lot of TV next year as well, all the Disney Plus stuff and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, number 16 is Jack Ryan. Um, season kind of really of two halves, the somewhat lesser um, like political stuff, which I didn't enjoy quite so much, but yeah john krasinski as jack ryan continues to impress a lot uh, i thought a lot of his uh friends and whatnot in the in the show like different people that were with him in different scenes were really good but uh yeah still really enjoyed that as uh you know the, the, the show that it is i thought that was really good so uh there's that uh number 15 i'm sorry to put this show so low but i had trouble making this list uh number 15 is gonna be watchman um i did want to put it a lot higher on this list but uh it just I just didn't. Uh, of course, I did give it a shot of the year as well, so it did win an individual thing. So, um, yeah, I thought it was good for what it sort of came around to to to, to sort of do. Um, I didn't think it was quite the show it was going to be, but I thought the show that it was was executed very very well. Um, they did several great uh, single focus character episodes which as we discussed on the podcast a lot of shows struggle to do that um, to the point where sometimes we didn't even notice certain characters not in certain episodes because the characters that we focused on for certain episodes were just so good at the time um, but uh, yeah did really really enjoy it would be very interesting to see if they do a season 2 or what they do with it or if it happens um, but yes that's going to be number 15 unfortunately number 14 uh, The Kingdom uh, if you remember it from earlier this year, I can't remember what month that came out, but quite a lot earlier. Um, yeah, thought it was a great little, uh, was it Japanese or Korean, I think? One of those uh, countries. Uh, based in one of those countries, and just an interesting way of showing, okay, how would these people react to, because we're used to seeing, you know, British and American people react to zombies at this point with, uh, you know, Walking Dead and some other things. Um yeah, uh, but yeah, seeing them kind of react to, to zombies and seeing how they deal with them and the zombies were really, really fast, um, I thought was really, really interesting. Plus they had the whole day-night kind of thing going on and they had to work out what was going on there. So I thought that was pretty thrilling to watch at uh, lots of different points. Um, Arrow is going to be number 13 on this list. Uh, I think it was the best Arrowverse show this year. Um, I think that they're doing a really good job with setting up 
you know, the last couple of episodes. I think the introduction of Mia and all the future stuff has been really, really good. Uh, and probably one of the best parts of the show. Uh, obviously, we know that she's going to be part of the... Uh, is it the Green Arrow and Canaries? Or Canaries and the Green Arrow? I think it's the Arrow and... Green Green, Green Arrow and the Canaries, I right. think it's called. She's going to be the, the Arrow for that. So, obviously, they're, they're setting her up for the future seasons. Uh, and I think they've done that all really, really well. Plus, with, you know, William and... Um, it's Connor, isn't it? The other one that's in, yes. in that little team. Yeah, think that I think they've done a really, really good job this season. And I try and at least pick one of the Arrowverse shows for uh, for this list. I think last year I picked The Flash, but uh, I thought Arrow was better this year. So, mm. number 12, I'm going to put Fleabag, uh, of course, from Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's done some other stuff since then. Uh, Fleabag's just brilliant, the way it breaks the fourth wall, the way that, uh, you know, that particular character kind of talks to you, and the way that, especially a bit more with season two, I mean, they probably did it as well in season one, but uh, the way in season two, there's certain scenes where she's rapidly changing between talking to a character and talking to you, but it's so clear as to who she's talking to, just the way she's kind of, you know, changing, obviously, where she looks in different scenes. Um, I thought it was kind of uh, a little bit ambitious, uh, in season two with some of the things that it does and I hope it's going to come back Phoebe herself has said like no I'm not doing any more but apparently Amazon has said hey we'd really like you to do some more so uh, we'll see what happens with that but uh, yeah really really enjoyed Fleabag this year uh, Russian Doll is going to be number 11 that did come out this year came out in what January or February or something so a uh, bit, bit of an early yes. one for the year um, didn't quite get into it in the first two episodes but once it found its footing and really got going it didn't stop uh, for me and uh, really really enjoyed what they did I think uh, is it Natasha Leone I think that's her name um, yes she, that she sounds did, right yeah yeah, she did a uh, really good job as um as that main character and just seeing all those kind of funny little death scenes and whatnot, uh, I thought was pretty fun and yeah overall I think they just did a good job that is renewed for a second season isn't it so uh, yes I believe it is mm. uh, yeah. yes yes it is yeah. Cool. So it'd be very interesting to see what they what they do with that. Uh, number ten is going to be Barry, the HBO and Sky Atlantic uh, dramedy. I guess I suppose you could call it. Um, really, really stepped up its game for for this season. I think they did a really, really good good job with a lot of things. Took uh, Barry in some slightly different directions, um, and just when you kind of think he's going to lean kind of one way or go back to his old ways a bit. He kind of stays on on course, and it's uh, just a bit surprising, which is which is kind of cool. Um, and the se- season finale was really really great. Uh, and they've also got um, I can't remember his name, but one of the lead um, uh, uh, like villains for the show. He's played he's played by the same guy that played Victor Zaz in uh, Gotham. Oh right, okay, that guy. yes. I, I, um... can't, I can't remember the character's name for for life of me, but uh, yeah, he did a really really good job this season, and he was kind of crazy and funny sometimes at the same time um and also just you know really compelling to watch so he was a really good kind of addition to the season as well well he was in last season but much more improved this season uh number nine is going to be atypical really really good job they did with uh, this third season they haven't renewed it yet for season four but they keep sharing clips on facebook which is weird because it's like you're promoting a show that you haven't renewed. <laughs> so what are you doing? Uh, but uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed almost everything they did so far this season. Uh, or yeah, everything they did this this season. There was a couple of little things where I was like, okay, that doesn't work quite so well. But they still managed to really cross the line really, really well. Hopefully we get a fourth season because there's the whole thing at the moment, isn't, isn't there? Like the Netflix three season yeah. cancellation thing. So I really hope not. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really good job they did with the season. So I'm looking forward to hopefully next season. Don't cancel it, please. Uh, number eight, a show that has been renewed, Stranger Things, uh, for season three. 
Uh, I, I, a lot of people kind of still criticise season 2. I think it's just because of that one episode, to be honest. Um, but I thought season 3 was probably better than both seasons 1 and 2. Um, I actually, th- I actually think specifically they did some really good work with some of the, uh, was it the Demogorgons? The, whatever the monsters yeah. are called in the show. Yes. Uh, just kind of showed them off a lot more. Obviously that uses a lot of budget, so that's a very kind of brave thing to do. Um, I thought they, I think like, like what you said earlier it, this year, they really serviced a lot of the female characters really well. Uh, specifically with Elle, making her seem like a much more human character this season. And, uh, of course the way she gets involved with, like, Hopper and whatnot this season I thought was really great. And, uh, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this season. So, there's that. Number seven is going to be Dead to Me. Uh, very, one of the most bingeable shows this year. Uh, I just didn't want to turn it off or stop watching it. And just kept letting it go on. I don't think I finished the whole thing in, like, one night. But I finished it within, you know, a couple of days. Uh, really, really good job they did the, with the season. A really good setup for season two, which it has been renewed for. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those shows where... Uh, a bit like a sort of lost style where it kind of lives off of cliffhangers but obviously with netflix you can just go to the next episode so um yeah really enjoyed what they did with that uh this season number six is going to be black summer season one um probably one of the best zombie shows probably since the start of the walking dead uh obviously back in 2010 uh this got a lot of stick online i remember when i shared my review and said in the sort of subtitle like really phenomenal or whatever and everyone was like i fell asleep to this show <laughs> what so uh yeah sometimes you really like something and uh, you get confused when other people hate it like there were some people that genuinely thought that this was a terrible season of tv and i was just uh very confused by that but anyway i really really enjoyed this season just really liked the intensity of how quickly when a character dies in the show how quickly they come back which was it which is within about five or six seconds um and that causes the characters to move so much more quickly and it was just a very very fast paced really good uh, zombie action show and i thoroughly enjoyed that number five is going to be the witcher i know i've only just finished it but uh like you said david henry cavill was just amazing i don't know what warner brothers is doing for not getting him back for man of steel 2 um but because uh, he's obviously very very talented and very very good at everything that he does but uh yeah really enjoyed seeing this show come to life quite literally with a live action version um i think that they've set up things really really well for season two um and yeah i only just talked about this show two days ago so you can go listen to obviously some more on that uh this is where i potentially piss everybody off uh i warned everybody yesterday but uh yeah uh number four is going to be game of thrones i know a lot of people hated it this year um and uh yeah it's just one of those cases i mean we talked about it a few months ago we did a big series wrap up i explained everything there so i'm saying the same thing again almost but uh i it's a show where i okay i recognize the problems that it had but those problems didn't bother me as much as they bothered other people. So therefore my disappointment level with the show was just brought down a lot. Um, I thought all the battle scenes and action scenes, which they had a lot of, they had, what, three action set pieces? Or at least two, wasn't it? That they had this season. Um, thought they did a great job with both of those. I wasn't disappointed with those. Uh, and like you kind of said earlier, I was happy with where everybody ended up. Sure, the journey might have been not quite as well written as what we would have liked um that's of course on the showrunner's part for them wanting to rush to star wars and then not get star wars and then whatever they seem to be really jumping around with some projects at the moment yes. don't they? so yeah uh there's that but um overall i enjoyed the season i recognize its problems but um what, what else can i say so there we go uh number three is gonna be uh the good place um I think that uh, they've really, really done a great job with this final season so far. Um, And I don't know about everybody else. I think this season's a bit funnier than the others, actually. 
Um, I've been picking my line for the week uh, this season, and most of those has been comedy lines. Somewhat mostly from Jason, because he says some f- some, some uh, very funny things. But um, yeah, I think they've done a great job this season. I think the cast has really knocked it out of the park, specifically uh, Darcy Carden. Obviously, as Janet is a big highlight. It's interesting because whenever I hear someone praise the good place, they go, "Oh yeah, that woman that plays Janet is like really, really good." They always like kind of specifically <laughs> point her out, which you know yeah. she thoroughly deserves. Yeah, so. she is. Yeah. Uh, how she didn't get nominated for an Emmy this year is beyond me. But uh, yeah, I don't know because that there was that Janet's episode, wasn't there? So yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, there you go. Um, yeah, really interested to see what they do with last four episodes. I think 10, 11, 12, 13, yes, something roughly, like that. in the new year. And uh, yeah, I'm going to miss the show when it's gone. So there's that. Number two is going to be Afterlife from Ricky Gervais. Um, I've never laughed and then switched to crying, well, not crying, but you know, choking up or sobbing or whatever in a matter of minutes in the way that this show caused me to do so. Um, you'll be laughing one minute at that show and then. Um, Ricky Gervais' character will say something else, you'll be laughing, and then he'll say something else a few minutes later, and you'll be choking up again. Um, and to do that takes some really, really good writing and everything else. Yeah. Um, the show affected me a lot, obviously, because I do personally relate to the show, unfortunately, on some different levels. Uh, not in terms of having a wife who's passed away from cancer, not on that mm. level, but uh, certainly in terms no. of the mental health things. I can relate to that, unfortunately, which I don't want to relate to, but I can, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting with that show because you kind of think, okay, what can he do with season two that's going to be as good? But Ricky certainly earned my trust with uh, with that show and uh, yeah. can't wait to see what they do with season two. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. And my number one is a show that I've been praising all year long, Unbelievable on Netflix. Um, I looked at this list and I thought... No matter what I choose in this list, nothing is going above this show. Um, I It really is an eye-opener to me. It's really an affecting show. It's one of the most emotional shows I've ever seen. Um, unfortunately, it is based on such a bad uh, you know, subject matter and everything, which, can't, which you know, is part of the uh, based on the true story and everything. Uh, I think they serviced everything really, really well. It seemed like uh, everybody who was there and on board really, really cared about everything, which is vitally important when you're working on a show that's based on... Something like that. Um, there is no second season, unfortunately, because you know the story's finished. It's a uh, based on a limited series, uh, based on a, a real story, so you can't really conclude it. But like uh, me and you have both said before, those two detectives, I could, I could go for seeing them have just their own little detective show and watching uh, Merritt, Merritt Weaver yeah. on screen again. Just absolutely phenomenal, and uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, yeah, that's my list. So, okay interesting mm, i i yes. can't believe you put game of thrones so high and watchmen so low yeah it was a very difficult I list just, to sort out yeah so. I, and there are some notable exceptions you're gonna go oh yeah i should have put that on when you get to mine but okay then okay um so i've actually got 10 shows although i would actually um say uh, russian doll isn't in my list of 10 but was a phenomenal series uh see the jason momoa apple show and the morning show i think are both phenomenal series and they're they're not quite made the list dead to me i did think was great as well um the good place i've not put the good place in because it's not officially finished this season yet so i i left that out and i thought unbelievable was unbelievably good so uh, that's good i would also put the mandalorian on this list had I seen The Mandalorian, which of course I haven't because it's not officially released over here. Mm-hmm. So um, That'll be next year's list. So. Yes, that yeah. will definitely be on next year's list. Um, so my number 10, though, is Living With Yourself. 
the yeah. Paul Rudd series on Netflix, um, I, I thought was just hilarious. And I could watch Paul Rudd all day. He's just brilliant. And uh, to have two of them on screen playing two quite different characters to the, I mean, yeah, the, the same guy, but playing the same guy so differently in places to the point that you kind of forget that he's two, he's one person playing two people in a lot of those scenes. It's just a wonderful bit of acting. It's really well put together. Uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, I think that's coming back for another season. So it's it really, really good. I really like what they did with that and where they could potentially take it as well. Uh, number nine, I have Afterlife. Again, mirroring a lot of the things she said about that show. I thought it's just a wonderful piece of work from Ricky Gervais. I really, really liked it. Um, there's just a lot of competition for my list this year but i i think that i thought was one of the most standout comedies of the year really solid um for all mankind i have at number eight which is the ronald d moore show which is on apple uh, out of all those apple shows that's the one that i i kind of gravitated as i went through because they they're sort of eight ten episodes most of those series and as it got further in this they all get released on friday and this is always the one that I went to first, you know, for the last two few episodes. I think it's it's really interesting. It's this alternate history of NASA, of sort of what if Russia beat NASA to the moon and where do they go from there uh, and how that changes things. And that one event shifts things within the NASA space program. And so it starts off with something you know quite well and then skews it in a really interesting direction. Uh, so I I think it's done a really interesting, brilliant job with that. I'm very interested to see what they do moving forward because it obviously starts in the sort of 60s and then you're sort of moving into the 70s. As you go through, it's going to be one of those shows where you're going to have to start losing cast members and replacing them with new ones because, you know, the space program has to advance. They're not going to stay in the 70s forever. So over the next few seasons, you're going to go presumably through the 80s, 90s and beyond, uh, which means that you are going to get a churn through of cast as you go through that. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I, I'm really intrigued to see where they move it forward. I thought it ended in a really interesting place. Um, I, I just... I think Ronald D. Moore is doing a fascinating job with that, and, and I want to see more of it. Uh, number seven, I have Good Omens, which I thought was brilliant. It's such a wonderful adaptation of, of that uh, book. Uh, I know it's not exactly the same as the book, but I think they did a really nice job. And I could sit and watch David Tennant and Michael Sheen, just the pair of them, for oh, yeah. hours. Yeah. They were so good in that show. <laughs> uh, the overall story, I mean, is wonderfully silly and very Pratchett and, you know, very Yeoman. But um, overall, it's just the the amount of people that they got involved with that and people that just said yes because it was Terry's final wish. And, you know, I, I think... Neil Gaiman did a brilliant job in bringing Terry's final wish to screen and I thought it was just wonderfully done and uh, I'm you know the, the people sort of clamoring for a second season of that I'm like no I don't really want a second season of that again leave things as they are you know if they're if they're well done leave it as one thing um so yes I I thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, I'm I'd be very happy if they decide not to make any more of it because it was only ever planned as one thing uh number six i have stranger things uh if only for the never-ending story 
singing bit <laughs> of that, which just had me kind of giggling just so much because I am of that generation. I remember those movies. I, that that show resonates with me just because it's very nostalgic for me because I remember a lot of this stuff growing up as that being that sort of age in the eighties. Um, just brilliant and. Uh, I, I thought this was the best season they've done so far. Uh, I really thought they they pulled everything in the right place. It worked really, really well. Um, the the they've set it up for a very interesting place to take it in the fourth season because it looks like they're kind of splitting up, and then you know it, it's going to be intriguing to see how they pull that back together. So uh, yeah, I'm just great and. I, I, you know, again, that's another one that may end at its fourth season, but we'll we'll see. I th- I think it it's just such a solid show that. Um, number five, I have the Expanse, um, completely hitting it out of the park again with the latest season. Uh, what's wonderful about the Expanse is it changes quite dramatically through each season as they tell the arc of each book, and uh, this latest season changes you know they they have kind of quite a large changing event at at the end of each season this season ends on a huge cliffhanger uh it is already renewed for next season so i'm quite glad we already know that and it's not going to get left on that cliffhanger but um yeah it's just the one of the best sci-fi shows out there uh it's it's quite hard sci-fi but it's really well put together and so enjoyable and uh, if you like your your sci-fi of a more serious nature definitely one i will watch um number four chernobyl um which is sort of completely non-genre but uh i you know again from an age where i remember the disaster happening um in the real world to see that dramatized and them do such an amazing job of of just showing everything that happened at that event um it's it's a a heartbreaking bit of tv to watch um it it's incredibly well acted incredibly respectful and beautifully put together uh, of something which is a was a horrible horrible tragic event um and i I think it's a really interesting story to tell. I would advise everybody to go and watch that. It's deserved all the accolades that it's won. It's such a good piece of TV, that. Um, so, I yes, go and watch it. It's brilliant. Uh, number three, I have The Boys, which is a fantastic comic book adaptation. Uh, I love the book. I love the TV series more. Um, the, just, just the... The way that the they put it together, uh, the casting I thought was great. Uh, Carl Urban is just fabulous as uh, Billy Butcher. I, I I think it's a really interesting uh, take. They've made changes and tweaks to the uh, to the original book to the source material, but I think they'll work. Uh, very interested to see that when it returns next year as well, because that is coming back. But um, yeah, really solid show. Uh, and my number two is another comic book adaptation. It is the Umbrella Academy. Um, again, a really interesting take on that. The production design, particularly, I loved on that show. I thought it was the wonderfully kooky, weird, and strange. Um, the way that they put together just the the design of of the the 
from the design of the sets to the costuming to the odd direction choices like the weird um singing along to i think we're alone now by tiffany it's you know there's some very odd things that go on in that show but it just works really well and uh, it seems to have had a fabulous reaction again that's coming back for another season i thought that was a brilliant brilliant show and my number one series another comic book adaptation it is watchmen um i think it has been one of the best shows of the year um the best show of the year it's just beautifully put together as somebody who is a fan of the book the way that Damien Lintoff manages to write a show which has evokes the feel of the book and a lot of the tropes from the book, but remixes it in an entirely different way. He does it in such a brilliant, brilliant way. It's a, it's a phenomenal piece of writing. It's incredibly well acted. Um, Gene Smart, I thought, was fabulous in that, um, as well as Regina King, who I thought was great as well. But I, I just think it's such an incredibly carefully, uh, lovingly well-crafted bit of TV. Again, it's got some wonderfully strange weird moment lube man comes to mind uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's just off the wall uh weird you never quite know exactly where it's going but he still manages to land it at the end and i i salute him for that i think he did a brilliant brilliant job it's another one of those shows that whilst i would part of me would quite like to see more of those characters or or, or something else you know a second season of it i'm in no rush for them to do that and if they want to take a few years to sit and think about it i'm fine with that if they don't want to do it at all i'm also fine with that um i i think that if you can get something that was up to the quality and level of that first series then great but otherwise i would leave it alone because i think as a self-contained thing it works really really well um so yes that would be my number one pick for the year excellent all right um, I think that's all the lists and categories that we've got. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what people make of our list, of course. Uh, and uh, yeah, what everybody else's kind of lists. So I've I've seen some lists going around already, which is uh, interesting stuff. But uh, yeah, whatever your um, everybody's opinions on things are, it's been a very very good year for just entertainment in general. Um, we've got some very good things to look forward to next year, uh, spe- uh, specifically Last of Us Part 2, which I'm very, very excited for. Um, yeah, Disney Plus is coming around next year. Um, HBO Max is sort of coming around next year. We don't know where the hell those shows are going to be in the UK, but it uh, be very interesting to see how that ends up. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, is there anything else we need to say? I don't think there no, really is. I We've mean, gone through everything. Just, and, yeah, um, just, just, I mean, the amount of TV that is, is landing next year, even in January, is insane. And it's mm. just going to get more ridiculous. And we've got Disney Plus, and we've got those Marvel series starting. We've got um, a bunch of new HBO things, like you mentioned. We've also got the old HBO stuff coming back. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a crazy, crazy year of TV next year. Yeah, I'll have thirty shows on my list next year, probably. So um, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that you did put in my list that just kind of didn't come to mind things like umbrella academy which i did think was very very good but uh sometimes you just mathematically run out of space when you're making a list and uh you can't cram everything in so yeah um 
yeah, like I said, regardless of people's opinions, they can have whatever opinions they want, which I think is great. Uh, we can all debate and discuss, which I think is great. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll chill look forward to next year. Uh, speaking of awards and things like that, which I know this wasn't necessarily an awards thing, it was just our best of list, uh, you can still go and vote on the Geek Town Awards uh, and potentially win a nice little prize. Uh, well, a fairly big prize, actually, isn't it? So, um, yes. Yeah, go and potentially win that. If you go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards, I believe that's the correct link. That or if right. you head over yes. to geektown.co.uk, uh, you can check it out there as well. Um, yeah, go and vote for your favourite shows, games and films from the list provided uh, and you may be able to win yourself a little prize or big prize rather it's just stop saying little prize but anyway you can go and yes. win yourself something potentially and uh, of course still go and vote on your favorite shows and whatnot so there we go um if you do have any thoughts feelings questions comments about any of our lists i'm sure some of you do um you can send those in matthew at entertainment talk.org twitter etalk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes um yeah, I think that's about everything. Of course, for Geek Town as well, if you want to know if, when and where your favourite shows are coming back, or if you want to look at some Christmas schedules for... There's a bunch of BBC shows, actually, uh, yes, coming around as well. So if you want to check out all that sort of stuff, geektown.credit.uk and Geek Town Radio on iTunes and on podcast services. So have a look out for all that. Uh, this is going to be the last recorded podcast of 2019 and last for the decade. Uh, of course, we only started in 2016, but um, yeah. It's uh I, I thought this would be a good <coughs> excuse me, a good one to make for the uh the last yes. podcast of the year. Good way to sort of round things off. There's still gonna be things coming out between now and the end of the year, uh classic reviews and some other stuff as well, so keep your eyes out for those. Uh we'll see if Man United can do anything next year, apart from lose two 0 to Watford. Uh if the club will ever be sold, probably not. We shall see what happens. Liverpool will probably win the league and I'll probably throw up. So uh yeah, that would be great, won't it? Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what the hell happens with all that next year. Because um, the season ends in May, of course, so we'll see what the hell happens. Um, right, uh, you can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Um, and you can see, of course, all the other content on there. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. Please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers. Uh, Amazon affiliate link, if you're still doing your shopping, you might be able to get that one day delivery thing on uh, on that last minute Christmas present, or if you want to treat yourself, uh, we have an Amazon affiliate link, of course you can use that, we'll get a small cut of what you spend, it won't cost you extra, iTunes feeds, please rate, review and subscribe to those, uh, word of mouth of course, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, so much stuff on the website you can go and check out, I'm sure there's going to be something for, maybe not everybody, because we don't cover reality TV, but uh, for most people that enjoy most things, uh, we've got lots of content on the site, so please check all of that out. Cool social media is a powerful thing these days. You can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Uh, video games, if you want to watch us play different video games. I don't think either of the three of us are going to be streaming over Christmas, but uh, you can watch us play different video games. Me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Uh, Let's Play Sundays will still be going continuously, just through, so keep your eyes out on those. Of course, the VR ping pong out today, so check that out on the website. Uh, look out for those on Sundays. Um... Yeah, that's everything. Uh, David, thank you for everything you've done for me and for Entertainment Talk in 2019. Uh, you've no more problem. Than, you've more than helped out, and uh, I look forward to doing more things with you in 2020. It's going to be a big year. Yes, uh, it is. All right, thank you, everybody, very much for listening, and uh, we shall see you next year. Goodbye. Bye.